0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the In Contention podcast. I am Ruben Bressler, and I am proud and happy to be joined by Matt Cranstuber.
1: Good afternoon.
0: And Joey Pascoe. Hey, everybody. And we have a special treat for you today. We have a preview card. A preview card? A preview card from what? From Gate (laughs) Crash.
2: That's a fair question, right? I mean, Gate
0: Crash is this next set coming out from Magic the Gathering, not, a game not produced
2: a, by Wizards of the Coast. Not a preview card for like the next Commander's Arsenal.
0: No, we don't have a preview card from Pokemon X or Y. Okay. <laughs> so uh it's very exciting. We're very happy to have it. And uh yeah. We'll we'll get right into that, and then we'll talk a little bit more about other gate crash previews uh, that have come out, including Boros and the newly spoiled Simic Charm. Um, and we'll also talk about uh, a Fury, which is a mythic from the next set that's getting a whole lot of buzz. Um, probably the Chase Mythic from Gate Crash
2: so far, anyway.
0: So far, re- released anyway. We've seen a couple of big ones like Obzadat and, uh, and Lazav, but nothing's really generated the hype that Aurelia's Fury has yet. So we'll get into that. But first, I want you all to know that In Contention is the official podcast of the StarCityGames.com Open Series. And this coming weekend, the Open Series comes to Dallas, Texas, with $10,000 prize pools in both the Standard and Legacy Opens. If you can't be there, be sure to tune in to SCGLive.com and catch Cedric Phillips. Asip Lebidovich and Glenn Jones in the Cyborg bringing you all the action. This is the debut of Pro Tour winner, big name, Asip Lebedovic. Like, I don't always tune in, but when I do, it's for someone, something real exciting like Asip Lebedovic. Just
1: uh, and that. if you've seen that guy commentate before, he's actually oh, just insanely. Yeah,
0: you're awesome. in for a treat, and of course Cedric is just fantastic. So that's going to be a nice little, nice little team there.
1: Yeah, that's uh, definitely but, a pro pro click combo there.
0: Yes. The Twitter hashtag for this weekend is hashtag SCGDAL, so you can use that to join in on the discussion. If you can't make it out, be sure to check out an invitational qualifier tournament near you. Go to StarCityGames.com open series page for a complete listing of events at StarCityGames.com slash SCGOP.
1: So, uh, what's this preview card that we got here? guys? Yeah, yeah,
0: let's not waste any more
2: time. Yeah, you're going to jump right into this, huh? All right, who wants to do it?
1: All right, I'm nominate
2: Joey. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, sounds good. All right, so first bad news: it's not blue. Far. Uh, yeah,
0: what's up with them not giving us a blue card? Yeah, I
2: know. Seriously. So we've got we had we had Slitherhead last time. All right. Yeah. So it was a black green card. This one is green, but it is also red. Yeah. And uh, and you could say it, it, it's a charming little card. <laughs> I I would agree with that. <laughs> we have an uncommon instant from Gate Crash. It is. uh it has three modes you choose one creatures without flying can't block this turn or gain control of all permanents you own mm. or card name deals 3 damage to each creature with flying oh card name, card really? name. so what would, guys, what would you guys what would you guys call this is? i don't know uh, what would you guys call this if you wrath, of Gruul. wrath of Gruel. wrath <laughs> of Gruel.
0: it would be like instant fire spout brand <laughs> falter B- borborygmosis uh anger or something yeah <laughs> anyway the card is in fact called gruel charm we actually got one of the charms that's yeah that's pretty
1: exciting and the uh, art nice. is super cool that was like the first thing that i noticed about it it's very uh joe and mac caveman um you know this giant hammer
0: yeah, or what's some, that like a a real primordial-looking hammer thing with some some flames coming off of the charm. It's a nice art done by Zoltan Boros. I think he also, did all the charms. Uh,
2: that is possible. And in in, uh, in Ravnica and uh, in Return to Ravnica and No,
1: he Return. did not do Boros Charm. Uh, as weird as that is.
2: No, he, <laughs> yeah, he, did. he did. I'm do
1: just, Boros kidding. Charm. <laughs> <was> just kidding. <laughs> as weird as
0: that is. You, you troll.
1: <laughs> okay, so oh, what do you guys think about this you. card?
0: Okay, so let's start. Let's go mode by mode, and then we'll uh, we'll look at the big picture afterwards. Alright. The first one. Creatures without flying can't block this turn.
1: Okay, so that's That's a little bit weird at instant.
0: Yeah, this is, I think this is the first time I can think, uh, certainly after the new rules changes um, a couple years ago, this is the first time there's been an instant speed falter. Because it kind of messes with the rules. So if your opponent attacks with something like Death Touch and Lure, you could cast it on, on your opponent's turn to not have to have all your creatures die. So oh, that's man, like a, a that's sort of corner good. case. <laughs> that's just a
2: corner case. All those lures that we've been seeing, nobody's going to play them anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. So that's just a corner case that I sure. bring up. Most of the time, this is going to be cast as, you know, oh, you've got lots of little tokens and i got lots of big guys without trample. Yep, you're still dead. Yeah, I think um,
2: this is my – I think the most uh, common use we're, we're going to see out of the card. I mean generally speaking um, – Kind of looking at what we've seen from Standard lately, where people are going, well, how am I going to survive against these, you know, all-out aggro decks? Well, I'll play a Thrag Tusk and it'll gain me five life, and I'll block with it, and then I'll block with the Beast Token. So, you know, you you kind of take away those two uh, options, you know, the the blocking option. Um, right. So, so I think this is one that at least comes up more is going to come up the most frequently, or at least based on what we've seen over the past few months.
1: It's definitely the most red-green, I think, out of you know any of the modes. I think this is something that you know, from a flavor perspective, that's what they're really pushing with the Gruel Clan is to just be attacking, attacking, attacking. And so, if you're playing, you know, all of the all of the guys we've seen so far have just been big dumb idiots and or blood rush guys. And so this, this mode, at least from a, you know, if we're talking about limited, this, this is like a really, really powerful charm. Um, and that's not even talking about the other two modes. I think just being, being able to get your guys in, um, around, uh, the guys in the ground, I think is a huge ability. If we're talking about in the context of standard, um, it's not, it's not an awful mode. I don't think, I mean, Yeah, I mean, you're going to, if you have two Thrag Tests and your opponent has two Thrag Tests, then, you know, you can get 10 damage in, I guess. Um, Yep. You know, there's not a lot of flyers in the format aside from Langering Souls and Olivia. There's, I mean, everything's kind of, and I guess Restoration Angel, everything's kind of on the ground as it is. So that could kind of make its stock go up a little bit more. Just the fact that there's just not a real presence for, you know, like a, a Fairies type deck or something, for instance, where, you know, you, you're not going to be able to get maximum value out of the mode, which I think maybe talking about the the third mode would be better to talk about next. Yeah, well, so any that's, other.
0: A, that's a halfway decent segue. So let's move
2: on to the well, third. I, mode. I actually, I wanted to, to mention it like oh. it about the first mode. Sorry, I didn't mean I'm sorry to, to, no, to just stomp all over your segue. Like it's all right. Like I'm Borberigmos or something, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, it, it seems, it's a funny thing because, you know, gruel the creatures tend to not have evasion. You know, you don't, maybe trample, but, you know, you don't have flying uh, as often with the red-green guys. And um, I think, in a funny way, this is like granting your creatures evasion or really kind of just giving them all flying, uh, yeah. you know, without actually granting them all flying. So it's just an interesting
0: way to do it. Sure, yeah, sure. This is a, I think that this is a very powerful ability. This will probably be the second most used ability on this card. I, I, I foresee in standard, but okay. it will be the most played ability in limited.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is this is a very good card to open up in sealed. I mean, it's got it's got some pretty good utility. We don't know really what the control magic effects are in gate crash. Um, if there are going to be any, so that that might just be a total blank. But uh, why don't we just go to the, the third ability? Because I think this one is probably the one that I mean. You're right, Ruben. Is is probably going to see a little bit more play. Yeah. Um, especially. Well, that 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 actually all depends on what right. gets printed. Because right now it actually just does stone nothing against the flyers of the format. All it yeah. does is flaring souls.
0: So uh, the first ability is the red ability. That's falter. We've seen that on a million cards in red. Mm-hmm. The second ability is sort of the crossover ability, so we'll we'll come back to that one. The third ability is the green one. Third ability's been green forever. It's Needle Storm, Hurricane, right. uh, you the know, green mode on Fire Spout, could, the green mode on Fire Spout, Cloud Thresher. I could go on and on. The third ability is or Gruel Charm deals three damage to each creature with flying. This ability is extremely powerful at instant speed for two mana. They could have printed that card red green deal three damage to each creature with flying for two mana and that would have been a sideboard card.
1: Yeah. I mean that that would have been very, very good a couple of years ago. I mean when when you had V clicks and spell stutters and yep. you know, you had to you had a need to deal with that and or, you know, when Lingering Souls and Squadron Hawks and you know, are trying to suit up with equipment. That's a pretty good trick
0: right now it's 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 a little unfortunate that we have to deal with restoration angel right now right with with this ability. Restoration angel is the number one flyer in the format it's you know public enemy number one for gruel charm because it doesn't really do anything to a restoration angel however, restoration angel' is not going to be around forever, and once Le- restoration angel leaves. Or if if it becomes unpopular beforehand, let's let's just, let's say Restoration Angel becomes unpopular, or we aren't playing against it. The other flyers of the format are going to be things like Talran's Invocation and Lingering Souls out of tokens, and the new Battalion three three, the Lightning Helixes people, Mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that deals with those things pretty darn well.
1: Yeah, I mean this is a great card to have spoiled like right now because we're talking about five sets will be released by the time um, this card actually rotates out. And if we look at the Innistrad block, the cards that it kills, namely Lingering Souls, which is essentially its only real target, um, because it can't kill Olivia or or Restoration Angel. So I think its stock will only go up as each set comes out, even with the rotation of the entire Innistrad block.
2: It can kill Olivia. You just need to do it at the you right got time. It, yeah. You got to you time need- it right, but it's possible. Well, yeah, Very if savage. they play it
0: on turn four... Right, it kills Olivia. Or then. they try and do something, like they play it on turn six and then try and kill something, Jump you just response. do it in response. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: If, if, if this was a, about a month ago, I think this card would be a lot better, because that was sort of like the direction that that I think Standard was going, which was, let's build five-color control decks with Lingering Souls and or Jund decks with Olivia. So I think that it would have been a lot better. Now we've got like this, this well, the standard metagame definitely took a very odd U-turn as of uh, Grand Prix Atlantic City Yeah, uh, with the topic we saw there, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, actually, we didn't even do hashtags this week. So actually, our hashtags are preview cards and tournament results from last weekend, which is the uh, three... <laughs> And
2: also, Fantastic. <laughs> <to> go back. <laughs> I think but, Ruben sort of did them by you know he kind of, uh, kind of a little bit did it without uh, he unofficially did the hashtags. But go ahead, uh, go ahead, Cranny.
1: Anyway, so yeah, this this mode is this could have been a card. You're totally right, Ruben. This you know when they were trying to use all of the safety valves in shards of Lara Block to just blow out ferries, and they're like printing all of these you know like volcanic fallout, and the guy that taps to do the daily image to flyers and just over and over, trying to like correct, course correct the fairies uh, debacle. This could have been one of those cards,
0: absolutely. Yeah. And in this lar- card is is another. I ex- I fully expect we haven't seen a ton of the Orzov stuff yet, but as soon as Orzov happens, and also uh, Demir is going to support lingering souls. I fully expect there to be so many escape valves for lingering souls. Just you know, just in case, right? Um, and this is certainly one of them. And they, yeah, I mean, they, didn't under, they didn't underpower this. This is three damage to each flyer at instant speed for two, two mana. I think that people are underestimating that ability.
1: Well, also, I guess, you know, there are there is a tokens deck in the format that has Midnight Haunting and, and Lingering Souls as four ofs that uh, this card isn't bad against. And also, um, I believe that deck also plays, like, favorable wins and can yeah. even play cards like Delver of Secrets. And this, of course, deals very well with the Delver of Secrets. So had this been around, you know, a few months ago, when, uh, when Delver was a lot better, then, you know, this card certainly is a great answer to having your opponent having two Delvers out. Uh, you know, that's that's a pretty good situation to be in, and that's not an uncommon thing. And the fact that it's two mana means that uh, tempo counterspells are only going to be able to deal with it for so long. And if you can time it right, like if your opponent, you know, had to turn Thought Scours or Snapcasters, uh, you know, on some random spell, you could just totally blow them out. So, yeah. Like I said, if, if another Delver type card comes around, which I hope it doesn't, then uh, this card just gets better. But,
0: and then uh, let's let's not even well, let's let's slightly touch on limited with this card. Um, all of the flyers in limited have three toughness. <laughs> like if you have a four toughness flyer in limited, it's a bomb. Like it's always a first pick, even if it's a common, like Errant Ephemeron. Um, you know, you've got things like. Uh, Drake Wing, Krasis, Skymark Rock from Azorius. Everything in Azorius ties yeah. to this card. This so. is,
1: yeah, this is going to be a really good card to have in Sealed, I think. I mean, it's going It's kind of awkward because we, we don't have the whole, full set, so we don't really know exactly what the uh, the format's going to look like. But um, I, I think I look at the flying, the da- Dale damage to flying, even if it's not going to kill an X4 or whatever. um It's still a reasonable combat trick. So if your opponent blocks, you know, your two two with a guy that has more toughness, and you're like kind of, you know, swinging in, then you can use it as a pseudo giant growth effect and get the flyer off the board. So I think it's always going to have a mode. I think Uh, it'll always be able to do something. That's sort of the creed of all the charms, really. That. You know, yeah, sure. You might like if you look at Demir. i like, yeah, you might not be countering sorceries. There might be a guy that has two or less. And sure, maybe your opponent, you know, plays a top deck tutor, or you just you just need to dig for something, and you can have like this card that gives you card parity. I guess you know. All
0: right. Now we've we've reached the point in the show where everyone else is going. All right, I see that you've talked about the two abilities that I I can also wrap my head around. <laughs> it's time to talk about this weird middle ability.
1: Yeah, so brand without cycling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brand without cycling at instant speed was brand not instant? No, brand was a sorcery, I think. Uh, I think the only time that this has been instant speed has been on Homeward Path. Let me uh Brand no, it was an instant.
2: Yeah, it wasn't. was it really? Yes.
0: Oh well.
1: Okay, <laughs> so, so the trick it hasn't been before... instant since
0: Urza's Saga. How's that?
1: Okay, the the trick before uh, with brand was that you could play all of these like silly cards like Hunted Dragon, Hunted lamassu, whatever. Um, right, and get all In the an Orchard, and then you could brand and get them back. And I believe this was errated a few years ago so that you actually can't do it. Because there was right. a guy that was on the source that actually had this deck built for Legacy. It was just this this really fun deck. And they errated it. I think it was like in It had to be, like, two or three years ago, so, like, 2009, 2010. And they just basically made his deck just awful because it doesn't work anymore. Right. So there aren't any tricks. You can't play, you know, Hunted Dragon and keep all the tokens. So there's no, like, neat things you can do on that end. So this is strictly going to be a utility spell. uh, And or if there's a card that comes up, like, Gilded Drake that, uh, you know, causes you to exchange control of a permanent.
0: Right. I think that's the main thing that we need to wait and see is, is there going to be a control magic? There hasn't been one in standard for a couple of years. That we was had like, mind control, and then we had the... Uh,
1: Volition range. Reign. Volition reigns, that was it. Right,
0: but they, they haven't printed a really high tournament level one for a long time.
1: No, not for a long time. I, I mean, the last... Good control magic effect. I guess Olivia. I guess counts. So it it can randomly grab an Olivia. I guess. So I don't really know before mind control. Really, what was like a good control magic? I mean, you would have to go as far back. as... You have to go
0: back to like threads of disloyalty.
1: Yeah, and even that, I don't think that's a lot of standard play. Really,
0: right? Yeah, it's like
2: a sideboard staple in certain uh, in certain formats at certain times. You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's as. As good as it's gotten, and of course, then there's the Shackles before that, which was, you know, one of my favorite cards it's a sensational ever. sensational card.
1: <laughs> now, the nice thing about seeing an ability like this is that usually means something's coming down the pike. Yeah. Because Wizards doesn't get to print an ability that's going to see nothing, you know, no play in standard. That just isn't. That's not. They're not in the business of making cards that do nothing.
0: Well, here's so, the other important thing. Here is you look at Azorius Charm, right? Look at Azoria's Charm, and you've got Time Ebb, right? That puts the thing on top of the library at instant speed. Everyone's like, whoa, Time Ebb, that's absurd. You know, and that's that's <laughs> the most used ability. Yeah. Then it has the cycling one, which is the second most used one. That's also pretty good. You know, it works. I mean, it's, it cycles. And then the third one's Lifelink. You almost never use Life Link, but when you do, it puts the game completely out of reach.
1: It's it's sort of, like, sneaks up on you, where... That's like the kind of card that I'll have in my hand, and I'm so focused on the time ebb and cycling part of it that I don't realize that, you know, my opponent, my red opponent tacking in, I could just basically gain 20 life and just right. seal up the game. But instead, I'm just like, eh, you know, put your hell rider right on top yeah. when I have 10 power worth of guys on the board. Right. So I think this is a similar ability. It's, it's like, if you're playing this card, I think, though, at least in Constructed, I think you need to be able to to assume you're going to be able to use the second ability. Because without, like, all these flyers, or without the flyers and, like, really, you know, there are better cards like um, the Flashback Camp Block spell from Innistrad, uh, Nightwing Clutches, I guess. Sure, yeah. I think there are cards that just do what that does better. And if you're going to play Pyroplasm, you know, obviously, like, you know, Bonfire of the Damned, those kinds of cards... Are just going to be tra- straight up better. So I think this really needs context more than anything to be good. And in the, and in the context of current standard, it's almost unplayable. I think.
2: Yeah. So here's I think uh, I think for any charm the or at least what I go by, and I think generally this is what everybody does, whether consciously or not. Like you, you need two of the modes to be relevant mm-hmm. in, uh, in pretty much every game you play. In the third mode, it's just like the bonus mode where you're like it, it never comes up. Or rarely comes up, but you know sometimes, and kind of like you said, Matt, with with the Saurius charm, like that light link mode, it it so rarely comes up that sometimes you don't even r- remember that it's there. But mm-hmm. the other two modes are relevant. Obviously, a cycling mode is kind of yeah. always quote unquote relevant, um, right? Even on brand, right? Exactly, right, so, right. So you have that, and and if you look at most of the charms uh, that see play, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see at least two modes that are relevant, and then. You know, maybe the the third one comes up occasionally. Um, it's it's unlikely that you'd see a, a like the the most powerful charm is likely going to have all three modes be relevant more often than not. And um, we might get to that in a few moments, but I just want to point out there is one card that I off the top of my head that I can think of that has been spoiled that may make the middle mode relevant, but I don't think so. Uh, Night Vale Specter, the uh, the Demir card, the two three Flyer that yeah. when it deals damage when it deals combat damage to a player, that player exiles a top card of his or her library, and you may play cards exiled with Night Veil vale Spectre. So if someone's using Night Veil vale Spectre to cast your creatures, yeah. uh, you can you can no. use the mode, mode to uh Yeah,
0: that's that's the box promo.
2: Right? Sure. And it, I mean it could come up in limited uh if you know people pull this, it's still a rare, but you know, that that could come up more often in limited. Sure. Yeah. I think I think
1: you definitely I fully expect there to be some control magic effect that's going to make that good, uh, or it's possible that in future future league the specter was just bonkers. You know, you, didn't, you have you have no idea. Um, so we'll wait to see yeah, if the rest of the very uh, good set has in store. Yeah, I, I think um, it's not an awful sideboard card, but I just think red green probably has more going on for it, for it right now. Um, or you know, if, to- if tokens becomes like a really really good deck toward the end of Standard. like This will obviously be a mainstay, but like I said, right now, not the best. But I do think that it is definitely worth talking about the other charms that have been spoiled, so maybe we could just kind of hop over to the two charms that have been spoiled since our last episode and uh, quickly touch on those. Um, The one that I want to touch on is uh, in my opinion, this is easily the best charm that's ever been printed. And uh, that card is, of course, Boros Charm. And did we talk about Boro's Charm last week?
2: We did not, because it wasn't spoiled until, I think, Friday, right? Yep.
1: Okay. So, Boro's Charm, the modes are... It's a red-white, of course, and the modes are... It can deal four damage to a player. you control are indestructible, or a target creature g- gains double strike. And, uh... So, first, I just want to point out that for two mana, that's the most damage that you can deal with a spell out of, I think, all, uh, all of the Magic Lexicon. Um... Without having to sacrifice right. your like own life total a blast
2: parts. or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. without yeah, with, with just like no drawbacks, no ifs, ands, or bots. Um, so just deal four, just deal four, and uh, you know I, when I think of this card, I just think of snapcasting this card, and things just start getting a little bit crazy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So. You will fully expect that uh, when we we're talking about the Thragtus metagame and people having a lot of life, um, when you have this card and Skullcrack in a format, I have a feeling that your life total is going to start becoming a relevant thing again. So, just uh, just wanted to point out how efficient that card is. What do you guys yeah. think of the, the other two abilities?
0: Uh, permanents are indestructible. Yeah. When I first read this card... Yeah. I was like, oh, that sorta of saves you from Wrath of God. Wait a second. This thing also saves you from Armageddon. Yeah. And saves your detention spear from Golgari Charm. And saves your planeswalker from Maelstrom Pulse. And everything else. Yeah. This thing just does ridiculous things. So you know, there's lots of ways that you can actually do it if you want to uh if you want to save You know, if you want to do like little wrath of God Boros charm tricks, you can do that too. But it's also just a countermeasure against your opponent's, uh, options. So you play like, oh, you play Boros, uh, battalion guy on turn one. And then you play gather the townsfolk on turn two so that you can activate the Boros battalion ability, right? So we've got a turn three frontline medic. And this is our aggro Boros deck. But most of the time your opponent can just be like, well, that's cute. Supreme verdict, or you know, some other countermeasure that would be able to destroy lots of little ground guys. Turns out uh, that doesn't get to happen so much anymore. If you get just attack with a red and a white up, right? Yeah, that's the ha- important part
2: because you know you go you, you curve out and you're like one drop, two drop, three drop, and you know if they're on the play, and they're like yeah. supreme verdict, and you're like I have a Boros Charm in my hand. Right? It doesn't you do go it. one drop,
0: two drop, three drop, two drop. Yeah, there. That's how you how you
2: want to do it. If you're on the play,
0: yeah, uh, then you just got Boros Charm. Or yeah. if you're on the draw, you just go one drop, two drop, another one drop. Leave up Boros Charm. Sure. You know, there's still that's still a lot of power. You can still have something like dry, uh, you know, a pair of Dryad Militants and uh, you know a two drop of some kind, maybe like a Call of the Conclave or something. If we're in like super Naya Aggro. Yeah, You know, well, so if we, it, we've got Boros Charm and Gruul Charm in the same deck. Well, just remember that the green-white decks—they've been playing rootborn
1: defenses in the sideboard to stop Supreme Verdict and Bonfire that's of the Damned—and the fact that their mana can pretty easily support Boros Charm after we get the dual lands—that's uh, pretty scary. Not to mention that that deck sort of thrives on being able to give its guys double strike with Silver Knight, um, and then you know, kind of end the game with either like a Sublime Archangel or a Wolfier Silverheart. Uh, things can get really, really big. So if your opponent taps out um, to play something and you've got, like, an active Silverheart, you can just end the game with a 1-1 and a Boros Charm.
2: Yep. So this was that Charm that I was referring to as the one whose, you know, all three modes are relevant a lot of times. Yes. So, I mean, dealing
0: four damage... The Double Strike... Double Strike is even the least relevant of these. Right, but it still ends up being... But it's uh, still really relevant because you've still got guys that have, um, you know... When this deals damage to an opponent, do stuff. Or, you know, you, you target this with your 1-1 one, one death touch, and it can kill off a uh, enormous creature. Stuff like that. Right, and, and still live. And still uh, live, You yes. can also
2: just make your guy indestructible, too. <laughs> you have multiple options to do right. crazy tricks. Like the combat tricks that just the second two modes... Uh, enable with this card are pretty ridiculous, and and obviously the first mode isn't a combat trick, but no. it's also
0: just making you dead. Yeah, yeah. De- I, <laughs> dealing with I gotta damage say, is always
2: relevant.
1: I'm very surprised to see Wizards print this card, just because this feels like very much it has the ability to end the game um, in the early turns of the game, especially if you have multiples of this. Um, so, I, like I said, I think if you had two Boros terms and a reasonable board, I don't see why you couldn't end the game on turn four or turn five pretty consistently as long as your guys aren't, you know, um, as long as you have guys, I think.
0: Yeah, and, I, I think that this card is going to, uh, up the price of Plateau by itself. Really? You think this has legacy? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Are you kidding? Have you read the first line of text? Deal <laughs> right. four to a target player? Flame Rift is a exactly. card that you can play. Like, that's a card you play sometimes. Mm-hmm. This card says, if you have the card plateau in your deck, gain four life instead. Yeah. <laughs> right? So I think that Boros Charm is uh, is extreme. Is, there is no way this card does not see Legacy play. There's absolutely no way.
1: Um, I mean, I the, can think of some applications for it, I think, in the current Legacy, where we're talking about Deathless bug and things. I think this card's not that good.
0: I mean, sure. I think that this card sees play in... I think One Drop Zoo makes a comeback with this card. Hmm. I think that you can put just slot this into burn decks. Um, and Blue-Red Delver can easily splash a Plateau and a, um, and a Tundra. Uh, yeah, I
1: think this is a good Planeswalker killer. Um, yes. It's, uh, I mean...
0: Your opponent's like, Liliana, sack your guy. And you're like, all right, Boros charm it.
1: Or even Liliana discard Boros it kills it too. I mean, yeah, this thing, yeah. I'd like that this kills an active Liliana because Liliana is going to be a card that we're going to see a ton more of, especially given the top eight at uh, Atlantic City with um, a lot of the Bant hex proof decks, or as right. uh, Joey liked to call it, Bantar in all yeah. caps, <laughs> which I really like. <laughs> that. We had an episode,
0: it's titled Bant Touch This, around episode 85, right? Well, mm-hmm. we, had, we didn't have Bant Touch This. That's Bant probably myself. the, we had Flash Bant's. Oh, oh I like
1: splash bands way better.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so the no Band touchness like is definitely uh, it definitely would fit the name. Another thing I want to point out about the charms in general. You noticed what the three supposedly weakest charms have been? Just just from people's uh, reactions so far. What are the three weakest charms? They're Rakdos, Golgari, and Gruel. Well, wait. You know what those colors are? How, how do you know they're what they thought of? Gruel charm because-, because that's what our reaction is. is okay, that, like this is sort of <laughs> you say. Our reaction is is similar to everyone else's reaction, and okay. we've you know Boros charm is super powerful, and you know Gruel charm just looks kind of weird. Okay, to us. Okay, but it's my, my that that sort of distracts from my overall points, which is you know those are the Jund colored charms. Mm. So they just don't want Jund to have nice things anymore. <laughs> That's just my opinion. That's just something I noticed. I mean, I hope you're right. <laughs> take it or take it or leave it. You know. I
1: mean, I, mean, I think that jaundice is the worst thing to happen to uh, to tournament magic, it, probably ever.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: I mean, in every format that that deck shows up, it creates a very um, a very strange metagame. And uh, I shouldn't say metagame. It creates a strange environment that, you know, of course, Jun being the deck that sacrifices that it has no good matchups just so that it can have a reasonable matchup against the
0: entire
1: field. Very hard to hate out.
0: Well, I'm just saying that, uh, that they... That they I, I believe that they made a conscious effort to make these three... The three Jund charms the weakest of the ten for modern play.
2: Yeah, It's interesting. I mean, I, I think that that's, I mean, as long as they kind of saw Jund or foresaw Jund being the, what it has ended up becoming, because who knows how far back they were designing these. Um, I feel like from what I, what I've gathered over the years, they're pretty much designing the sets that they're, they're like handing off the sets pretty much a year ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the other charm that uh, was f- spoiled, and in fact this was just spoiled today uh, or yesterday, for those of you guys listening in- to it tomorrow. Um, <laughs> that always makes sense. Uh, is uh, Amuleto Simic. And that's nice. the Simic charm. Uh, now this was falsely spoiled a few weeks ago. Uh, there was a fake version going around, but the um, community kind of pretty much uh, identified it as fake pretty quickly. Uh, this, I think, is the real version. Um, it is from a Spanish website. Uh, it is an uncommon instant for UG, as you would suspect, um, or as you would expect. Target creature gets plus three, plus three until end of turn. Permanence you control gain hexproof until end of turn, or return target creature to its owner's hand. So you get giant growth, you get unsummon, and you get... what? What is it that gives everybody hexproof?
1: Flaxcaster Frogling. Yes.
2: There you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So uh this is this is a pretty cool um cool little little charm. That's a lot of options. You know, you have the the aggro option with the giant growth and you've got the more of control/tempo option with the uh return, you know, with the unsummon part and of course, you know, the hexproof
0: is uh is, is a nice little counterspell. Yeah, of option. if we if we expect Aurelia's Fury to start seeing a lot of play, um, or any burn spell, really. All three of these modes are good against burn spells.
1: Yeah, yeah like, this, you just I, can't I stop. I saw some complaints about this card when it was spoiled that they, people were underwhelmed. I think probably more than most charms, I think this one has, like, three very playable abilities. Because if you look at it, it's, like, different different parts of the board... Uh, the, I'm sorry, different parts of the board state, right? So you either have a guy out and you're attacking so you, or, or blocking, so you can have the pump ability. The hexproof, so if you're, if you're trying to play the defensive mode, you know, your opponent's trying to, you know, wasteland you or whatever. Um, and then you have the return a creature mode, so you can use that if you're pressing your advantage or if you're trying to stave off beats from, you know, bigger creatures. So I think that this has a lot of utility. And if there was a tempo deck, if there was a, a deck that involved blue and green creatures attacking this is exactly the kind of card that you want to have in there because you're you you should be able to get you should be able to turn this into a counterspell a pump spell or a bounce spell pretty consistently every game
2: yeah i mean it's it's kind of like uh, all three things you'd want in a tempo deck it is it's a narrow counterspell but other than that like this is exactly the
0: kind of card you'd want it's a narrow counterspell that can counter Wasteland. It's interesting to me that two of the charms counter Wasteland. Yeah, yeah, and, and also
2: like you uh, – I mean I think we mentioned for the, the Boros charm, uh, being able to protect Planeswalkers I think uh, because your permanents are indestructible. This can also protect Planeswalkers. Right. So it it uh the actually maybe we didn't say that about Boros Charm. <laughs> I may have thought it and not said it. Um but yeah, both of these charms can protect planeswalkers which to me uh you know, I could see you know, the more controlling decks going to either one of these charms, probably this one more more you know, uh quickly than Boros Charm even though Boros Charm is the more powerful one. I think these three abilities might be uh, or at least the the second two abilities might be more relevant. I I don't know. Kind of depends. I think it's more of a tempo card, but it's it's got applications in protecting planeswalkers and whatever else as well.
1: So uh, quickly to go off of the um, the charm discussion, there was a card spoiled today that I'm actually like really excited about that I think will possibly see a lot of main deck play and uh, maybe even make its own type of deck. And uh, that card is called Blind Obedience.
2: Yeah. I, this, I card is, this. this card
1: is so crazy to me. I can't believe how efficiently costed it is. So it's a two-mana enchantment. So already, you know, one of the more difficult to deal with permanents. It's got Extort. So it's got the, the pay a black-white hybrid mana and you can drain life uh, your opponent. Very, very good ability for two mana that is very hard to deal with. But then it has this ability tagged onto it. Artifacts and creatures your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. That is so powerful for two mana. You're, you you basically turn off all of your opponent's haste creatures, right? So the Falkorath Aristocrats, Thundermind Hellkites, um, you know Hellriders, all of those guys just get completely turned off. Even if you, if you play this on turn two, you're even going to turn off guys like Ash it. Who you know would normally be able to sneak in under something like this, and not to mention that every spell you play from then on the rest of the game is just gravy, right? Because you're just going to be able to explore it, and it's not bad if you have multiples out, which is something that normally the, the kinds of decks that would want a card like this would not want to have it out in multiples because it's redundant. You, you don't your opponent's are not going to come in and play tap twice. Well, now it's good because if you play a you know a one mana spell, you can pay the extort cost twice and gain two life. So this is a pretty big boon to fight against a lot of the basically you know we're going to see a ton of red decks.
0: Yeah, uh, the extort on a non-creature permanent is very exciting to me. Yeah, <laughs> I like that one. Um, there's another card that got spoiled either today or yesterday, probably today. Not in English yet. Um, but th- that is very exciting to me. It's called Army Loyalist. Um, this is a 1-1 for one red mana. It is a rare from the Boros Legion. And it is called. it has Haste and Battalion. And the Battalion on this card is pretty weird. Um, whenever Army Loyalist and at least two other creatures attack, creatures you control gain first strike and trample until end of turn and can't be blocked by tokens this turn.
2: Wow!
1: <laughs> so they really thought that that lingering souls was just a huge problem. I mean, yeah. it, it had to have just taken over future future league for them to preemptively ban cards in block. And we we consistently see cards that appear to be, you know, countermeasures for for tokens.
0: Yeah, this is the card that I think is your uh, is your third turn one drop with Boros Charm up.
2: Oh yeah, I love it. Yeah, right. That's, that's... So you play your, your
0: you play your turn one elite vanguard. You play your turn two. I don't know, gather the townsfolk or, or whatever, um, syndic of tithes, whatever you want it to be, and then this on turn three with Boros Charm up. I mean,
1: and we I, I I've been saying you know since the first battalion card was spoiled, it's the, the, they are printing battalion and on creatures that are already good. Yeah. They are efficient for their mana. A three-three flyer for four. A one-one haste for one. You know, a one-one for one. I guess that doesn't really count. Right, but it's but, got haste. It's a raging
2: yeah. goblin, and that's scene play.
1: If you get enough of these, if you get enough battalion guys that are on par with this, the deck, the, the deck is very much like affinity or infect. It will build itself. There, there will be a battalion creature deck, and uh, if you see guys like this and Boros Charm, you can you can definitely bet your bottom dollar that. You're going to be dealing a lot of damage with these battalion guys. This guy, yeah, that's good insight though, Ruben. That this guy isn't really a turn one play; he's a turn three or turn four play. Yeah, he's a, he's a nice, just like well, I have you know all these guys he's a out. Curve and,
0: filler. Right? A lot of the cards, <clears throat> a lot of the cards in the set are actually really good at like not just being one spot on the curve kind of guys. Because you sort of run into the problem with you know the problem that you're okay with having, I guess, of Thrag Tusk Restoration Angel doesn't isn't a curve filler mm. you've got you know centaur healer restoration angels a curve filler but you know playing five drop into four drop isn't exactly where you want to be whereas army Loyalist can come down is isn't even the best on turn one right, you'd, you'd rather, rather have, have it up. later
2: later yeah
0: um syndic of tithes is a two drop that helps all of your other cards fill out your curve as well as blind obedience and all of the other extort guys for that matter
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, you've got all a lot of these. You know, uh, uh, Zamic Guildmage comes to mind as another one that's a nice curve filler. That you know, it's a two drop. It's a two drop two two. But you also can play it on turn six and use it use a couple of its abilities a couple times. Mm-hmm. So you know, a lot of these cards are real good at, at filling in spaces. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just uh, uh, I'm impressed with the design of Gate Crash so far. For yeah. Sure.
2: I, I mean, I, and we, we mentioned this earlier and I think we need to maybe touch on it just a little, little more, uh, the current chase rare card from the set, right? The chase mythic Aurelia's fury. Um, first of all, what is happening on Ravnica that all these, everybody's so angry. Aurelia is furious. Borba Rigobos is enraged. Like they need some blood pressure <laughs> medication on Ravnica. <laughs> they're
0: having uh, they're going to have some issues. Um, well, they're tired of the Draco Genius and the the Dimir Mastermind messing around with stuff. That's why they're so mad. Yeah, they're just
2: getting really, really angry. But you know, they need to focus that energy. And Aurelia's Fury is a pretty, pretty good way to uh, <laughs> to channel that fury. Um, a, a white, a red X. It's an instant. Deals X damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures and/or players. So we already have an instant speed rolling thunder. Right, that's already good. That could that stopped right there. Like you, you could that could conceivably be played. Yeah. But also tap each creature dealt damage this way, so you don't have oh to boy. kill everything. You can just tap things. Just tap stuff to. down. And then players dealt damage this way can't cast non-creature spells this turn.
0: Oh my gosh! And
2: so you have silence. You have the the rolling thunder. You have uh pseudo cryptic command like tap all your guys which is which also of course cryptic command was was like the uh turnabout or fog you know you can yep. use it as a fog like this card has so many options it's like the it is the cryptic
0: command of the set. It absolutely is. It preempts spells rather than counters them and it taps creatures and can also kill creatures. So let's say we've got like seven mana and our opponent has like Hunt Master of the Fells and Thrag Tusk. Well, you are like, all right, upkeep. We're gonna tap down the Thrag Tusk, kill the Huntmaster, tap down your Restoration Angel because their butts are too big, and you don't get to play non-creature spells this turn. So we're preempting that. Uh, <clears throat> actually, you can do this in response to a miracle, right? So if <laughs> they reveal Bonfire to Miracle, you can be like, in response, right, in front of Fury, trigger,
2: right, before they cast it,
0: because you can't respond to them already casting it. Right. So in response to your X spell I'm going to cast my X spell Right. Uh, and since neither of us have frontline medics, this is a very awkward situation for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, being able to get to the mana that you need to make this card good, assuming that we don't have a really lightning-fast, you know, Boros-dominated format, it's not going to be hard. No. And
0: I mean, we're you already that- we're already casting Angels of Serenity. I
1: mean, I, I like this in the Naya deck, like, as, you know, the D-Jun decks and the five-color decks have been playing a couple copies of Rakdos Return as sort of their Miser's cards. This is a very much a Miser's card as it as a, you would want in a mid-range creature deck, because this is, a, this is a game winner. This is This is what is either going to, you know, you're going to draw it off the top when you've got, like, a reasonable board, and you're just going to, you know, make your opponent's guys not be able to block and swing for the win. Or if you're behind, you're able to take out, you know, a reasonable number of guys. I mean, Rolling Thunder, I don't know if you if you haven't played with it. Um, you know, most popper cubes, it's, it's the first pick. And it was, uh, if you played Tempest Limited, this card, it was ridiculous. It, it's more than good enough, I think, for standard at instant speed. And I think the chant part of it, I think, will probably be a very played mode um, as a way to kind of sneak things in, I mean counter spells are still being played, and yep. uh, it also stops combat tricks and all all that good stuff but uh you know we've we 've kind of talked a lot about spoilers I want to quickly talk about the um, standard from this past weekend and um, namely the top eight decks that uh, sort of you know it came from out of nowhere course uh, team chair of fireball is the the I believe they're the the team that had most of the Ban auras decks.
0: Um. Well, yeah, they were not the creators of, as far as I know. I believe that that was uh, Michael Jacob was like, "Look what you've done, Wizards!" And they created this deck called "I Hate Life," Um, (laughs) and was streaming it all week and just bashing people. And you know, all right, here's a Geist. I'm gonna increasing savagery. It are we having fun yet? You want to go home? (laughs) <laughs> and he was just streaming this deck and not having fun with it, but it was winning. And so that was, you know, that was the deck that, that they brought. They brought Invisible Stalkers and Geists of St. Traft, among other things. And uh, and yeah, that was that was the winning strategy for this weekend. But also in the top eight, Brad Nelson's deck, Pedal to the Metal, which he was streaming this week. Um, pretty much, if you wanted to play this deck, you could have. 75 for 75. Brad Nelson streamed it on Tuesday. He streamed it on Wednesday. It was uh, in a premium article. Um, he talked about it on Above the Curve. If you wanted to play this deck, you could have. And he made top eight with it. It just so happens that uh, its It Sadikaster and Olivia Valderon, not great against Hexproof. So
1: right, right. You
0: know, other than that one matchup, it was, uh, it was definitely one of the better decks of the weekend as another copy made the top four of the Star City games open here in San Diego, and another pedal deck, Human Reanimator, won the standard in the hands of Joe Lissette. So, mm. lots of, you know, we, we talk about how, you know, this card and this card aren't cur- currently good in the metagame, but the metagame only lasts for, like, six days yeah. in current standard. <laughs> like, like, you know, last week, Mono Red won Columbus and put four copies in the top 32. This week I didn't see it, like almost. Right. All. Yeah, I'm, I'm so, looking at the, uh,
2: the the top thirty-two in San Diego, uh, not seeing mono red at all.
0: Yeah, so you know, and then last week Unburial Rights was really nowhere to be seen to the point where one of my quick questions this week was, why is Unburial Rights unpopular? And then lo and behold, it wins the tournament. So <laughs> you know, it, it it the format's shifting. It, cards are going to be good and then bad and then good again. Uh, for, for you know that that's just the way current standard is, and so it's all it's all give and take. Cards are going to be good one week and then bad the next week. Of course, certain cards like Boros Charm are immediately obviously good, but then there are some cards like Pyre Heart Wolf that aren't immediately good to the naked eye, and there are going to be some weeks. I'm, I'm telling you, there's going to be one week where Gruul Charm is the all star. Yeah. S- sometimes, car- some kind of cards like
2: auras go for 19 years without being good, and then suddenly, exactly right.
0: and suddenly, Daybreak coronet <laughs> and uh, you know spirit mantle and ethereal armor is suddenly one of the best commons in both standard and modern. <laughs> Yeah, so. it's just crazy to look at Josh
2: Utter-Layton's list. Uh, I mean, I know he wasn't the only one playing it. He did make the finals. Uh, it was
0: it was uh, John Stern, I believe, that won the. Yeah, he's had a good week, by the way, getting the sponsors' invite and then winning a grand prix. That's an easy, that's an okay week. Yeah, their decks were
2: slightly different, but obviously the same uh, same concept. But Josh Utter-Layton's deck has 14 creature Rs. Like he's also got four abundant growths, so I'm not even counting those. <laughs> it's just right. ridiculous. You know, here's how you make Auras good. Make the creatures
0: untargetable, I guess. Yep. That's, that's how. And also have a 6-2 Hexproof in blue-white. Yeah. <laughs> that's another way to do yeah. it. So uh,
2: pretty exciting changes, I think, for for the metagame. We're going to see how it shakes out. I think uh, Jerry Thompson already tweeted that he thinks Esper is the best deck right now. There was one Esper control list in the top eight uh, of Grand Prix Atlantic City, um, Lloyd Kurth. Uh, and I think partly I didn't see what Jerry was playing with. But um, I imagine the Liliana that was mentioned earlier, this episode, might be part of the reason.
0: One of the more exciting decks to come out of San Diego was a Mark Lolligu and Andre uh, Salivra creation that was gruel. It was just flithoof Boars. Nice. You know what I mean? It was yeah, flithoof yeah. Boars and uh, hell riders and, you know, it was a strangle root geists. And it was very aggressive, very fast, and it made top eight. It was very impressive both times it was on camera, and uh, you know that that that's a guild that's going to come out.
1: Yeah, Crimson Muckwaiter was seeing a little bit of play on the weekend too. I believe I saw that on coverage a couple times. So wow, you know, it, just a quick to to close here. And we said this a lot last week, but if you go through this spoiler, you know, some of the cards are are pretty they're pretty transparent. There's not a lot going on for them. But uh, I think that this set is really complex. And as long as the format isn't dominated by really fast creature decks, which I, I have a feeling that that's just going to be the best thing to be doing until we kind of see some of the control decks start to emerge after it sort of shakes out. But uh, I would not be surprised to see most of these random cards that have like reasonable abilities to see some sort of play um, and standard. So it, it you know, as a good example of this was like Owen Turnwall just had an article about how to play use, play and use enter the infinite, which like, you know, if you look at that card on the surface, like this card's awful. You're not going to get to 12 mana. The only way you're going to do it is omniscience. Um, but you know, it takes, it, it takes like, you know, being willing to kind of admit like, Oh, you know what? Maybe this could see play. Like how, how can I get to 12 mana? And, and if I get to 12 mana, how can I seal the game up? If I have this card in my hand, and uh but this set is definitely it's on the power level less powerful than ravnica but definitely has way more uh I don't know like tricky stuff like really yeah. it's it's going to be really subtle and, and like some of the cards i i just cannot wait to play with like cryptgast and um and some of the cipher spells and stuff i just want to see if if they're even any good so but um I'm very excited about, about the charm cycle. I think like seeing all of them come together, they really pushed the envelope for, uh, for making those good.
0: Yep. And I'm very, uh, again, uh, if anyone from wizards is listening, thank you so much for giving us another preview card. Um, we're very excited about it. And, uh, we, we wanted to have a, a realistic discussion on what we thought the card was going to be. It's not that I don't think that the, that gruel charm is going to be played. I actually think it's going to be extremely, I, I, well, I anticipate a control magic effect will happen in this set or the next one that's very powerful mm. and that's that's the purpose for this mode. Um, I also anticipate this card to be very good in limited. So it's not that I don't think that this is a uh, a powerful effect. Um, I just think that, you know, clearly Boros Charm just screams at you. Right. And Google mm. Charm is, is more subtle. So uh, I want to thank thank Wizards for giving us the opportunity to have another preview card, let alone one as iconic as one of the charms. Sure. So, uh, I think that's going to be about it for this week. We're going to try and wrap it up next weekend. We, or next week, we will delve more into Bad Hexproof, Nightshade Peddlers, where Standard is going, as well as, t- which we didn't even touch on, 12 post winning here in San Diego. Well, now you um, just did. There you go. And, uh, and a Vampire Hexmage deck making top 8 uh, with Dark Depths. So we'll we'll delve more into the uh, the formats as we head forward. Although I'm sure we'll have more spoiler talk as well. Um, but yeah, that's the Gruel Charm episode, folks. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being. Uh, if, if you're new to us, please come back and try us again. Um, and if you're if you're an old hand at In Contention, thanks once again for joining us. So until next week, I'm Ruben Bressler. for Matt Cranston and Joey Pasco. We are In Contention.